Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And here we go. Good morning, Vietnam! That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I have a dream. That one day, this nation will rise up. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Bond. James Bond. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. A date which will live in infamy. 106 miles to Chicago, we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The Tony goes to Hamilton. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. The force will be with you. Always. But you know, happiness can be found even in the darkest of times. We're trying to build a gentler, kinder society. And if we all pitch in just a little bit, we're going to get there. Welcome, everybody, to the second episode, or really the first full episode of the Let's Make Sense podcast. Um, I'm Chapman Shanefelt, and here with JT and Jared. Um, JT, Jared, how are you guys doing today? Oh, we're pretty enjoying the uh, lack of a snowstorm that really blew in last night and because i mean what they were predicting a bunch of snow a bunch of ice and we haven't got nothing from it so i think we got like, three there. hours of it this morning and now it's already starting to melt so but we're about yeah. three hours north of jared jared you get anything like this we've got going on oh no it's been it's been raining for about eight hours now but um, we just have a few inches of rain. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Um, so one thing that we're going to kind of talk about and maybe bring up in every episode to those listening, we are just going to kind of mention, talk about maybe what we're watching, what we're reading, um, kind of give some ideas to you all to maybe watch or read, depending on if we like something, or maybe we'll tell you to stay away from something if we really didn't like something. Um, so uh jerry what do you have going on i know you've got um school starting this week so anything on front there or anything you've got to read there or what's going on oh yeah no um so school started today and i have uh, this is my last semester of graduate school so i have dozens of books i have to get through uh topics literally, literally, pertaining to... literally dozens though correct oh yes yes um i'm at a little over 40 at this point that I have to get through this semester. Um, topics ranging from museums to collection management at museums, um, really diving deep into presidential history and foreign policy. And um, the hard hitting stuff. Oh, yes, the very important stuff. Edge of your seat. And... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, the, the, the presidential history stuff's a little bit um, easier to read. Um, the museum stuff is very dry, but. It's important. That's true. Somebody, somebody's got to know it, right? 
and that somebody is me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JT, what about you? Uh, basically, I've just been bouncing back and forth between a lot of Netflix series. Um, I started the Turn series on Netflix. It was uh, AMC original. It's, uh, it's like Washington spies from back in the revolution. So you get both sides, how they had spies on the British side versus the U.S. side. And it just kind of takes you through like a different document. Like it, I want to call it a documentary series, but it's not like legit at all. So it just kind of takes you back in time and plays out a storyline. But I've been really enjoying that one. So I think I might stick with it. Very cool. Very cool. I watched, kind of was surprised about, I watched uh, The Sound of Metal. It's an Amazon Prime uh, original movie. It's with uh, Riz Ahmed and then uh, new director uh, Darius Martyr. It's his directorial debut. And it's all about a rocker um, drummer who slowly starts to lose his hearing. And I think within a month or two completely loses his hearing and is kind of going through all of these struggles and how to deal with it. And one thing that he does is he finds um, kind of a home with um, other deaf people and other people with uh, similar disabilities and they kind of help him and support him going through this and kind of showing him that while most think of it as a disability they have learned to live with it without thinking of it as a disability and it's just a very very interesting really kind of the whole movie itself the the acting is great i riz ahmed is apparently supposed to be kind of the number one um, Oscar contender right now for Oscar or actor of the year, but the way that they did the sound, the cinematography really is kind of incredible for a movie like this. Um, especially something that you see streamed versus being put into theaters and plastered up everywhere because I had never heard about this until I heard about it from, um, actually another podcast. Um, so Chapman, you mentioned, you had heard about that from a podcast um would, would it be um, oh the podcast yeah uh would it be interesting to go around and just sort of share some podcasts that we may be listening to yeah yeah we can absolutely do that so people kind of know um at least for me i definitely listen to um really a wide range of podcasts uh, my favorite is uh, it's called Lights, Camera, Barstool, and that they literally just talk about movies and TV shows. It's actually out of uh, Barstool Sports, so it's just a couple of guys around the age of 30, um, and they talk about review movies, things like that. That's probably my favorite podcast to listen to. I listen to one that is a guy, for those that know me, I like Disney, and he's based in Disney World and kind of talks about news with Disney, so I think that's interesting. Um, listen to a couple other kind of self-help podcasts um, with Gary V um, and the audio experience. So yeah, I listen to a kind of a wide range of podcasts. What about you guys? As listeners will get to know us, I think they'll find that I am uh, very much an old soul in a very young body. So <laughs> uh, some of my favorites are Living and Learning with uh, Reba McIntyre. That's, that's a, a go-to. I, I like Crime Junkie. One. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like Crime Junkie. Um, gotta get my daily dose of crime. Uh, in Bed with Nick and Megan, uh, Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally. Uh, that's always a good one. I, I, de I definitely listen to way too many podcasts. Um, I mean, again, politics. I listen to 
both right and left leaning um, podcast, um, including, you know, Megan Kelly uh, for the right and for the left, I listen to Andrew Yang and uh, Marianne Williamson. Um, and then TED Talks and, you know, comedy with Sarah Silverman. I, I'm constantly listening to podcasts. What about you, JT? I'm going to be the slacker. I really only listen to one. <laughs> and that's the, uh, it's the way I heard it by uh, Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. Love that one. I miss the Dirty Job series. I thought those were great. And being able to listen to him just talk about anything and everything is pretty great. Yeah, no, definitely set up like a mystery. And by the end, it, he always blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I have never heard of this podcast, so I need, and I love him, so I definitely need to, uh, definitely have have to send me that one. Oh yeah, I only go check out the one with Reba too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the micro one, I think it, they're just five or six minute long episodes, and they're really really good. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, kind of on the line of podcasts and podcasting, kind of go into social media. We'll. Uh, we're going to talk about kind of two things in this episode. Um, we're going to kind of talk about social media and obviously things uh, dealing with the past couple of weeks with Trump and kind of what they're able to do and maybe what they shouldn't do. Um, and we'll get kind of down to that. But then we're also going to touch on the Biden administration. We're going to look at some executive orders that he's put into place, give our opinions and predictions, um, kind of where he's going to go in the future and kind of his first hundred days. And then we will kind of wrap up each episode um, with a This Week in History segment. So we've taken a look at some things um, that have happened, whether it's a few years ago, hundreds of years ago, um, that have happened in the past week whenever this podcast is getting um, released. And really look into those just as kind of a little fun fact tidbit here or there. And that'll kind of take us through the episode. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, So a few weeks ago, as I'm sure everybody probably knows, and if you don't, you live under a rock. Um, Trump was shut out of social media after um, things that we really don't need to get into, but everybody probably knows. He was shut out um, of Twitter first, then Facebook, and pretty much if somebody can have an account and post whatever they want, he was blocked out of that. And obviously, depending on whatever your viewpoint is, you've probably seen that a lot of people either agree with it, disagree with it. Um, and it kind of varies. And I was looking into it today just to kind of see how we were going to talk about this. And I guess there is a bigger issue at stake here. Um, looking at section 230 of the communications decency act, which I didn't even realize a thing. Um, apparently that is kind of coming into picture right now, as far as, is it okay that Twitter and Facebook and others can do this, especially to somebody um, as high ranking at, as at that point, the president of the United States. Um, So right now there's a big question of, do they need to update or completely eliminate um, section 230? And just to kind of give a little brief understanding of what this section 230 is, um, it was created in 1996. And Section 230 afforded social media companies widespread legal protection. So this included protection from libel and slander, as well as how they manage content, um, 
considered excessively violent, obscene, or harassing. It also protects internet companies from liability for removing or banning content. But events over the past year have heightened concern over whether the protections and power granted internet companies them an overabundance of control um, over free speech. And right now, um, Biden and his administration are actually calling for the repeal of Section 230, saying that social media companies actually aren't doing enough um, to weed out um, what a lot of people would consider offensive uh, offensive speech, um, but also not uh, tamping down misleading or violent content as much as maybe they should, or at least some people think they should. So that's there's a lot to take in there, but we're going to just kind of talk about, I mean, what, what do you guys think? Do you think that this is something that any social media has the right to do? Or do you think that this should come under some sort of law and say there needs to be a more kind of, if this, then this, then you can take somebody off. Does there, or, or is it up to social media? What do you guys think? I think definitely um, something needs to be lined out for them. And I mean, this is, this is an issue that it, it comes up no matter what side of the aisle you're kind of on. It's, it's an issue where do, if we let them keep doing this, how far will they actually go? I mean, I see scrolling through my Facebook all the time where um, people make one, one small comment off the cuff or whatever, and then they're in what's called Facebook jail. Like they get banned for so long. What, what's the point of it's too far, you know, like, and I, and I think too, when looking at this and it's, I'm not pointing fingers by any means, but it, it really is just kind of the facts is when you're looking at this, so the CEOs of all of these companies for the most part are liberal. So you've got a lot of conservatives that are coming out and saying they're only trying to silence the conservatives here. They're only trying to silence our leader or leaders for that matter. And that's, I think, where we're getting a lot of headbutts. I mean, things like Shopify, which is an online store, has shut down two of the stores um, connecting just connecting to Trump. And then you've also probably heard, some of you have probably heard of Parler. Um, that's just another social media site where people can talk. But that was shut down, and that was really mostly a site favored for Trump supporters to communicate with each other. At least that's what was happening on the site. And that was shut down. So you're getting a lot of headbutt right now on is it just because they don't want the conservative views coming out or? Yeah. I mean, this is a really difficult topic, um, but I, I think that we, we have to acknowledge that these companies are all private, um, private companies. And uh, of course the first amendment of freedom of speech does not apply to um, anyone that uses these uh, platforms. In fact, I believe that uh, your freedom of speech is revoked uh, in the, um, basically in all the fine print that none of us ever read. But um, at the same time, it's sort of, we live in a very different world um, where 50, 60, 70 years ago and beyond that, people would gather and Spaces, whether it be the mall, whether it be a town square, whether it would be, you know, people would gather in any number of places. And I feel like social media, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it, it's the new town square. And in a, within a town square, you, you cannot 
silence people because they have a freedom of speech. And so there's this clause that these companies have, but it definitely creates a lot of issues because this is the future. The future is now. And um, unfortunately, or fortunately for however you feel, it's created a situation where this is where we all go to talk, but some of us aren't allowed to say things we would like, um, whether it be something that should not be said or something that others find shouldn't be said. I really like your kind of analogy there because kind of what I'm pulling from that is with at least with the town square um, idea or image in my head is obviously during those times where, or even rallies for that matter that happen now, um, you've got people that can really say whatever they want, but nothing's going to happen to them. Nobody's going to come and pull them off of the stage, at least for the most part, no one's going to stop them from saying whatever they want to in person. And thinking that social media is now these um, town halls or rallies or get togethers of sorts. I think the difference is people feel like even if they don't want to be there on social media, say they wouldn't come to these in person, but on social media, they're there. And so they're thinking instead of just trying to ignore it and get away from it, instead they're going to go and give their opinion on it and try to get rid of it and do whatever they can. So it doesn't show up because they feel like maybe they don't have a choice to see or hear something. And I think a lot of that time, at least for me is, whether it's CNN on Facebook or Fox News on Facebook, you go to you go look at the comments on anything and you're going to see hate comments just as much as you're going to see support comments. And if it was a if it was a rally or a town hall of some sort and people were just kind of talking, saying the same things but just talking in person, you're probably not going to get a lot of those people that disagree because it's in person and it's it's different. And that's where like you mentioned it's just a completely different world we're living in than 50 to 60 years ago. So if you, no. if you put it, if you put it like, like that, it's anybody should be able to get to say whatever they want. Um, sure. Obviously, obviously within the laws and limits, but well, and we just go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Let, I mean, we do have to address the elephant in the room. These people that, um, 50 or 60 years ago, or even thousands of years ago, um, that spoke and gathered in these areas, there were still consequences. You know, if someone didn't like what they said, they may get shot, they may get killed, they may get, um, and any number of things may happen to them. But yet there's, a, there's an interesting um, approach to how we're doing it now. We're just not even going to allow a possibility to hear you speak. I mean, people have died. Martin Luther King Jr., um, Malcolm X, uh, quite a quite a few historical figures have died because they spoke out. And um, now, these companies such as you know Facebook, they're making it so that you can't speak. Um, period. They're not giving you a chance to speak. So yeah. and. And kind of going back on my comment versus that comment too, is like I mentioned, no one's going to, if you're speaking to a group of people and what you're saying is legal and you're falling within those limits, 
things right there, you're not going to get arrested. And I guess that's kind of what I was more so aiming at versus kind of what you mentioned is the possible things that could happen as far as getting killed or hurt or attacked, things like that, because those just, those can happen. And obviously that is outside of the law, but I was kind of more so speaking within the law. Um, and I think one thing, obviously the big thing, and the reason that we're talking about this is dealing with how Trump was, had said some things on social media. And I'm just curious what you guys think as far as taking the context of what he said I mean, do you think this is something that he should have been banned from? I mean, if it was anybody else, I guess, how how would you see this happening? Somebody with maybe not this much support. And do you think the reason that his support or his group of supporters are so big, that's why this happened? Um, or like if, if the shoe was on another foot, how, how do you think this would have gone down? Well, I mean, I... I'll say this much, uh, over the last four years, uh, during the Trump era, uh, there's, there's definitely been times that I just sort of think, man, will someone just take his phone away? Like, you know, yep. will, will someone just yep. like, you know, ground him, don't touch your phone <laughs> for 24 hours. Um, because there's definitely been many, 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 many times that this things he puts on Instagram or uh, Twitter or Facebook, it doesn't help. Um, and so I, I do sort of see that side of things, but it, it's, you know, it's sort of earth shattering when that's what you hear for four years. And then it's like, you know, just gone. It's um, gone. Not saying there's a, that's a, what should have been done or what shouldn't have been done but it's just sort of i in some ways it's sort of a breath of fresh air in, in my opinion what about you jt i mean so kind of i don't think directly what he said or what he's posted that day caused what happened but i think throughout the four years of him being in office and everything that he's been saying has helped to fuel that fire of division within our country. I mean, that's a fire that started years ago before he was even a blink in the eye of being president. But it's just, I think social media also plays that aspect because now we get our news instantaneously. And it, it plays into that free speech of you can post whatever you want and somebody may take it down, somebody may not, but now it's getting out there more people are seeing it quicker and more people are getting what they view out there so some of those ideas that you could say were hidden in the backwoods are now coming to light at a larger scale fueling more of the diversity or not diversity um divisions within our country and i mean maybe shutting him down was a a great thing and we're going to look back on this in five years and be like yeah they they did the right thing but i mean who knows i mean right now a lot of people think it's they they overstepped a lot of people think that twitter and facebook have gone too far but did they really like here, here's, i don't think we'll see the full light of it until later on 
here's a thought too, though. There has not been an event like this in four years. And he's been tweeting and saying this stuff for four years now. And we have not had an issue. I mean, you've obviously got his supporters that have probably caused problems in various other places, just as much as supporters of other political figures have, um, at least in the United States. But I guess, do you think that this ban was really kind of, uh, you know, it's been four years of this. We're tired of it. This was the last straw. We're taking what everything we just that just happened, giving it your blame, and see you later. And I mean, you think? Do you think if he had two more years to go, it'd be different? Like, do you think he would be banned and wouldn't be allowed on these? I mean, he doesn't really have much to tweet about now. I mean, from what I could guess, if he was still on, um, probably no different than what he's tweeted about the past two months. So I, I just I just wonder if this was kind of four years in the making, per se, and now it's kind of a, we've got a new president, let's see what he has to say, let's take off some of this spotlight, because I think kind of going along with this kind of pulls too is, it's that guy on a soapbox, and you can choose to ignore him, but... A lot of people aren't because he's right there in your pocket. You can see what he's saying any time of the day. And it's, I think that's where it really just kind of comes down to just social media right now being an issue of knowing when to ignore something and knowing when to know that there's a problem. And that kind of goes, kind of pulls us completely back into this section 230 as far as what should be regulated, what shouldn't be. And should it all be the same? And I don't know. I feel I really feel like you could go hours talking about this and just pulling into different topics and arguments and scenarios. And I I, I don't know if there's an answer to this. I don't think there ever will be because I don't think there ever can be. You've got these people that are essentially having businesses based off of free speech, but there is no line. There's guidelines in the fine text of each social media platform, but where's the line? Is the line ever going to be defined or is it just going to continue to be a, if we don't like what you're saying, you don't get to say it. And I'm not saying that's what happened to Trump. I'm not saying that's what happens to whoever, but I think there's been certain circumstances, um, at least with things like JT mentioned, friends that maybe we have on Facebook that say, yeah, I got banned for this, but maybe I've seen this thing 20 other times or somebody say the same thing. So it's, I don't know, it's 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 a hard topic and I wanted to talk about it and we, we all wanted to talk about it and just kind of see each other's opinions on it, but really just in these few minutes of discussing it i i don't know if there's an answer yeah i, I mean it, it's definitely troublesome in some regards because i mean it's things similar similar to this have been fought you know throughout all of our uh, you know legislatures both state and federal and as well as in the supreme court you know as a matter of like is hate speech freedom of speech you know now 
obviously hate speech can mean a lot of different things um you know down to something that just someone else doesn't want to hear all the way up to just the nastiest um most inappropriate thing that someone could say but then it goes back to these companies oversee what you post and you know yeah if you said that you know just walking down the street they couldn't do anything about it but if you're posting it on facebook or twitter it it sort of goes to show that they can do something about it um it, it creates a compelling question of are these companies too powerful uh, well, companies it also like makes Facebook. you think too, is it because it's not like you're writing this down and posting it on a tree in the park. Somebody owns the company and you are essentially a customer because it's free. Even I mean, even though it's free, you're still a kind of a customer slash user of this platform. So being the bosses, part of me thinks, yeah, they have they have the right to get rid of whatever they want to, but and I don't know what's in the fine lines of Facebook and Twitter as far as do any of us. <laughs> I mean, I didn't read it. I just accept and move on. <laughs> but it just, it, it does make me think just kind of sitting here talking about it is, you know what, we're, we're choosing to use this. We don't have to use these sites, but may, maybe they have the right to take off somebody. It's not some, they can shut um, down for all they want to right now. And, so say see you guys later and that's that's that i mean i i don't know i think we're such in a it's almost like a domino effect situation if you repeal section 230 okay what what then can happen so now you're getting rid of the liability of the companies and they can do it's protecting them from liability of what they're banning right so now, now people can sue them, right? Because we're in this culture of like, you can sue somebody for anything that you want. So now are, are people going to get up in arms and start suing for their stuff being removed? So now a lot of responsibility is falling back onto the companies. But you have to also go back to, okay, we have the freedom of speech in our constitution. Do those companies have the right to set aside and say, we can ban x x number of things for whatever reason can they i know i get they're a private company but can they have the ability to take away that aspect of the freedom of speech like where where is that line and what will come if section 230 is eliminated you know i think that this sort of harkens back to that old um I guess you could call it an adage or um, that old tale of, you know, can you go into a packed movie theater and yell fire and create panic? I mean, that's not freedom of, I mean, you were able to say it, so I guess it's freedom of speech, but you can be, you know, tried and put in jail for inciting panic. That's freedom of speech with a consequence. Right. And so, I mean, that right there could have been why these companies felt as though they needed to ban Trump and others like him because 
they felt whether it was true or not whether they you know they they felt that he was inciting violence and so it, it i think it does play into the whole yell fire in a movie theater yeah i mean like we said this this conversation i don't think there's a right answer and or wrong answer and that's never going to change as far as from what i could guess and you're both shaking your heads in agreement i mean or nodding your heads um and i just it's just it's just very interesting to me how kind of the world works now versus what it did and i think a lot of people forget that and there's a line when it comes to freedom of speech and it just depends on kind of where you're speaking i guess it's a better sense of the term yeah and essentially who's who's drawing that line because i mean we'll hit that spectrum where we're bouncing back and forth but you never know it's something that's like you said, it, there's not going to be a right answer. And however many times that this is debated and discussed, no one's going to have a set answer of this is what we're doing. This is how it's going to work for years to come. We're in this new, this whole new culture of um, social media. And I mean, we're all still, we're still trying to figure it out of how everything's going to work and everything. So, And us being middle to younger 20s we're right in the middle of it and it's going to be probably a big factor for as far as we can tell as far as the rest of our lives go and if anything it's probably gonna get more complicated um but i we all just kind of agreed that that'd be a fun little uh i say little but it's nowhere near little topic uh to, to talk about let's talk about uh president biden when we're recording he has been president for almost a week now and yeah a little less than a week and in the first three days he signed i believe it is 30 executive orders and i believe i talked to jared about this or jt but that's not a normal thing to do correct yeah it's kind of one of those not really i mean as a new administration comes in they always issue executive orders to either get rid of what the previous administration does or really hard push for what they want. But I don't remember a time of this many executive orders that quickly into an administration. Or you you see a president pause the celebrations and say, let's get to work literally hours after taking that oath. I think that, uh, just to squeeze in real fast, I think that whether you agree with his um, what he did on the very first day or not uh, using executive power, you do sort of have to commend him, though, because um, that's a big thing that presidents like to say. You know, on day one, I'm going to do this. And on day and you one... You don't see a lot of them actually no, do it. No. On day one, most of them are, you know popping the champagne and dancing and you know they're partying of course this year was very different with COVID-19 and everything and that canceling most of the activities but it's it is something to commend him on that he was able to actually 
keep that promise and say, you know, I'm going to do these things. And he did. Yeah. Now, whether you, whether you agree with it or not, a quick, interesting, funny, you could say comment about one of his executive orders is the mask mandate on federal property. I, I think I could say that he's the first president to break his own executive order. Uh, <laughs> signing that mandate and then later that night is seen at Lincoln Memorial without a mask on. So, but uh, he is the president. So I guess he gets that power. Yeah, we definitely saw Trump do that uh, pretty much whenever he wanted to. So yeah. strangely I'm sure, enough, I'm sure though... the people around them are probably tested every hour if they have COVID. So I mean, strangely enough, um, photos of Inauguration Day he was wearing a mask at the White House, but apparently going to the Lincoln Memorial, he just uh, he left it in the car or uh, something. There must like have that. there must have been no breeze. Um, I mean, he's human. I mean, I've forgotten my mask many places. So oh, I agree. We'll give him that benefit. <laughs> no one had no one had a spare mask on him. Nothing. No, <laughs> don't use other people's masks. That's bad. <laughs> exactly. Well, looking at the executive orders, um, just kind of a fun little piece of information um, for those of you that maybe didn't really look into them, uh, 14 of them, so almost half of them were solely based around COVID um, and different policies to help that. And we'll actually touch on, and we already kind of did touch on one, uh, five were based um, on immigration, four on economy. Um, and then there were a couple others um, here and there, but we just kind of thought, you know, let's take, let's take a few of these. Maybe they're the most controversial ones and, talk about them see do we agree with them do we see both sides what we think so really this first one and jt kind of mentioned it too is he required is one of them was that he requires mask wearing in airports and on certain modes of transportation and these include trains automobiles uh, maritime vessels and inner city buses um, as well as international travel travelers must provide proof of negative COVID-19 tests prior to coming to the United States. For me, I looked at that first part and thought, okay, why wasn't this done a year ago? Was why weren't masks required in all of these buildings of, um, I mean, granted that one, we mentioned transportation, but kind of also going into the federal buildings and things like that. It's, you've got a lot of these people that have been talking and saying mask up and, help each other you know here and there but i'm just i thought that it had already been done of some sort and apparently it hadn't i mean everywhere that i've gone that i mean since all of this started as far as federally owned places you know post offices or places like that everyone's always wearing a mask so i you know i guess i didn't really think that that wasn't the case um you know, obviously you'll go to Walmart and other places that aren't federally owned that recommend, you know, you to wear you, a mask. right. And a lot of people aren't. Um, but, you know, I just always thought all the federal places, um, I thought that was already mandated. Right. Yeah. And I guess I'm on that side too, of like assuming that it was kind of already done because with me coming back from the deployment, we wore it in the airplane. We had to wear it in the airport. Like there were signs posted, like masks are required. You have to be um, 
safe distancing and everything. So I mean, I just assumed there was some federal protocol out there that said you had to, I guess this is just now actually putting it in physical writing saying, yes, you have to. I mean, I guess I, I haven't, um, I haven't really looked too deep into this, but is, is there a proposal to maybe fine individuals that don't in these areas? I mean, I mean, you're seeing it at least in Decatur, they've already, um, which is here in central Illinois, they have made it to where I think you get a warning and then you can get a ticket for, I want to say $50 or something. And that's, <laughs> I believe I haven't completely read into it, but I believe it's um, public places. So I don't, I think it's even if you're in your car and in the line at say McDonald's, if they wanted to, and you're not wearing a mask, I'm, I'm 95% sure that is even somewhere in this, I don't want to call it a law, but I guess if you can get a ticket for it. Yeah. So it's just, it's interesting to me. I, I don't, I don't know if a president could or whatever put something out like that nationally. I feel like that's something very, very hard to regulate and kind of going back to previous conversations, kind of taking away some of your rights. Um, I think people could argue, but uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, no, I, I don't think that the president has the authority to just say, you know, no matter where you are, wear a mask. Um, and, and maybe he does, but I don't think that that would, um, I mean, how are, how are you going to enforce that? Um, you know, I, I don't believe you can ask police departments to, you know, if you see someone without a mask, give them a ticket. I mean, it's a little easier to do that citywide, um, you know, because those, I know cities are doing that, but for a, the president to issue that, I, I don't, I don't think that would happen. Yeah, but I think, I do think even looking at the executive orders that he did place um, dealing with masks um, to prevent COVID-19, I think probably some smart ones, but I think a lot of them are already being done like in federal buildings and whatnot. Uh, but kind of looking at some other ones too, The he canceled the Keystone um, XL pipeline and direct agencies to review and reverse more than 100 Trump actions on the environment. Um, obviously, for those that do know about the Keystone Pipeline, it is um, extremely controversial. I feel like you are either for it or against it, and that kind of falls right along the lines of conservatives and liberals. But uh, what do you guys think about this? Well, um, I don't think I have a very popular opinion. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start with um, why I think the pipeline is not a good idea. Um, from, I, I, you have issues as far as uh, intruding on native land, um, going through uh, Native American communities and um, in some cases, digging up Native American burial grounds and moving those sites. And um, I mean, I personally would feel very upset if I was approached by the government um, 
pertaining to my grandparents or, you know, and hey, we need to move them so that we can build a pipeline. Especially um, considering that Native Americans were here before us. Exactly. Um, however, I actually uh, don't support canceling uh, the pipeline. I think it should be built. And, um, you know, here's sort of my reasoning. You know, I would, I would maneuver around these historic sites for Native Americans. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a history guy. I don't want anything destroyed. Um, but also looking at our environment, you know, it, it could harm the environment, but what's more harmful, um, possibly shipping oil across the Atlantic Ocean from, you know, through the Mediterranean down the, the, you know, Western side of Africa and over to the West coast or the Western hemisphere. I mean, you, you're going to, if you don't, it, it creates a very um, interesting perspective because you could potentially destroy sea life and wildlife if it's not handled well. Um, on the flip side, I'm not promoting that we should, you know, destroy our land, um, but I am promoting that maybe we, you know, create jobs out of this. And once it's built, have people make sure it's, you know, don't just build it and move on, build it and keep up with it. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't think I have the most popular opinion, but I, I think that it's, there's a lot of gray area, you know, I, I don't think that it's okay to just cancel it because of jobs and, you know, and also, I think it would help our economy, or help our economy, and be better for the environment if we kept it, um, but changed changed things around it. Um, you know, again, don't go through Native American lands. Um, in some spots, it's underground. Um, some mm -hmm. some spots, it's above ground. I would actually think it would be better to um, put it above ground um, because underground, you may not know there's an issue until it's a really big issue. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I think I'm definitely on the side of canceling it. Probably not the best idea. Um, definitely rerouting it probably would have been a better idea. And maybe in the beginning, whenever it was first being introduced, having it not go through native lands probably would have been better received. Um, I mean, one thing to tout for the uh, Trump administration for the first time in years the U.S. became um, energy self-sufficient, um, and a lot of a lot of things that I've seen about this whole order canceling it is a lot of people say that now we won't be. We'll have to rely on other countries to get our oil from, and that the pipeline was like our guarantee of remaining self-sufficient. Um, and you got to look at look at the jobs too. I mean, that's what, 20,000 some odd jobs that are now just gone. I mean, I personally know um, a gentleman by the name of Matt Broadhacker. He's an iron worker and was out there helping with pipeline stuff. And now he's out of a job and has to come back home and try and find something to help sustain his family. So what do we do with them? I don't know. Yeah. See, I, I question just why are we 
you know, why this pipeline? We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pipelines across the United States that transport oil. Well, and this one too is we're working with Canada and um, for the past four years, given the pipeline is Trump's had a pretty good um, relationship with Canada. And I know Justin Trudeau came out and said that he wasn't really sure if this, this is before it was canceled, if how things would go. And I haven't really looked into it as much, but I can't imagine this is not ruffling his feathers at all. Um, and probably not the greatest way to kick off an administration. I think it definitely needs, it, it needed more um, conversations between Canada in the United States. I'm not sure whether Mexico benefits off of this too, but I I can't it, imagine it should those have conversations required... were there before he canceled it. Right. And, and, and it I, should I don't have think been they there. were. Yeah. It should have been, hey, can we find a solution or can we go about this differently? Maybe there were, and I just, I, I don't know, but I, I don't think and they that's were. that's possible. But yeah. So obviously with the uh, executive orders, there's a lot more we could get into, but those are just kind of two interesting ones um, that I think most people saw coming, but definitely could create some controversy here or there. As far as kind of where the Biden administration goes and how he should kind of approach, um, I heard one politician saying on the news, I think it was the day that he um, was sworn in, that Biden needs to act with a sense of humility. With that being said, he needs to realize that he was going up against somebody that there was a good amount of Republicans that didn't vote for him. A lot of people didn't vote for Trump just because they didn't like him. And I think there's a lot of Republicans that were in that boat where they have kind of had enough and decided we need somebody that's a little bit more, in their opinion, sane. And Biden needs to realize, yes, he got the most votes in the history of a presidential election that not necessarily all of those votes necessarily believe what his process is going to be, what his views are, what his strategy is going forward. And he needs to kind of think about if he really, especially if he wants to get reelected in four years, is he needs to go forward knowing that there's a lot of people that just because you got the vote doesn't mean that they agree with what you're doing. And I think a lot of people are really wanting to feel like they have the power. They've dealt with a president the past four years who has kind of been very vocal about what he's done, what his administration has done. Um, and I think people are ready for a president that maybe isn't in our face so much and ready for someone that, yes, leads the free world, but let's each of us kind of govern ourselves with our states and local communities and things like that. And I think a lot of people just don't want a president that crosses the line that I think a lot of people thought Trump did more than needed. Yeah. I think one of the tasks that Biden's going to be faced with throughout these next four years is we kind of, I kind of touched on it earlier. There's a large division within our country and he's going to have to surmount that. 
And I think he's going to have it. Do it without pointing fingers. Right. Say like, basically the past is in the past. Let's move on. We'll hold certain people accountable that may have been like the hard chargers behind the whole movement, but all is forgiven. Let's work to unify and continue pushing forward with the country that we all believe is amazing and the best country on earth. Let's let's keep pushing and, and making sure that we stay that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, just kind of wrapping up here, like we mentioned at the beginning, every episode we're gonna kind of take a look at some little not little things in history, but um, some things that have happened over the years that happened during this week. Um, so we did take a, we pulled a couple. In 1967, uh, we saw three astronauts that were killed in a flash fire that engulfed the uh, Apollo 1 spacecraft, followed by 19 years later in 1986, um, we saw the Challenger explode. And those are just two, obviously, things dealing with um, space travel that happened within the same week um, that obviously are some very big news stories as far as um, we've come to know. I think I think those get overshadowed sometimes. Um, we look at our the space travel that we have now, and I feel like we sometimes forget that there were problems with it. And these are just two of the incidences that happened in our long space history well it feels long to us because we weren't alive for it but really it was only 70 years ago now that a lot of this was really getting off the ground and going so it's a rich history in our space program but it's also one that's been plagued by different disasters and this is two of them that coincidentally happened in the same week yeah and then lastly we will uh, take a look at 2005, Condoleezza Rice is appointed to the point of Secretary of State, which at that point was the highest ranking African-American woman to ever serve in a U.S. Presiden- presidential cabinet. And clearly things are very different now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with the um, swearing in of Kamala Harris as the new vice president just less than a week ago, um, African-American women have managed to um, make their way up uh, the totem pole of government quite quite a bit just within you know 15 16 years uh, so that that's pretty important um, and again regardless of your beliefs um, watching Kamala Harris being sworn in last Wednesday was um, a very historic event to see um, back to Condoleezza Rice one of these days I would I would love to see her run for uh, run for office, run for president, um, vice president, even make a, her way back into a presidential cabinet. Um, I believe she teaches law school, or um, she she teaches at a law school out east. But no, I would love to see her continue an active role. I'm excited as as we keep doing this week in history, being able to see different the progressions throughout the history of like different strides that have been made throughout the years. Um, Cause we'll hit the um, human rights. We'll, we'll probably come up quite a bit in our weeks through history and 
just all of those big movements that really shape the America that we live in now. So yeah, I'm excited to absolutely. see that. And I think depending on the topic too, I mean, that could easily just be some, sometimes this could make the whole episode. I mean, depending on what we talk about, if it's controversial or if it's impactful with something like human rights movement and things like that, it's, it'll be really interesting to look at. And I'm glad we kind of included this at the end of our podcast, but, uh, or a podcast episode for that matter. But we want to thank everybody for listening to the first official episode of the Let's Make Sense podcast. And we invite you to join us next episode. I'd say next week, but I'm not sure, just depending on our time, if we'll be a weekly episode or if it will be every other week or we'll just kind of have to see. But we definitely have a lot more to talk about. Join us for the next episode. Hit that subscribe button. And if you like these episodes, you can rate us. Um, that would be helpful too. So thank you for joining us and have a great rest of your week.